Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. Folks, we got another big episode today. We're going actually local and big at the same time. We big got local. The one and only. Big local. We got the one and only uh, Nicola Maharaja. So, Nicola, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, you and me have been kind of going back and forth. We've been talking, you know, throwing hits at each other. It's It's been good banter. <laughs> and uh, I was like, let's let's get you on the pod. Let's do it. And you're like, all right, let's do it. And then, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, hey, when when do you want to do this? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do it Monday. Let's, how's that? <laughs> it works out very well. Yeah. So uh, thank you for coming on the pod. But uh, I think, uh, you know, in the beginning here, I think we just want to, let, let's get the whole origin story out of the way here before we start talking about things that are happening in the world. Um, okay. So so you're are you're one of the creators of uh, Far From Ordinary, correct? Uh, so I don't want to say creators. Um, a couple friends, a few friends of mine actually founded it like 10 years ago. And then uh, myself and my business partner, Stephen, made a partnership with them a, a few months ago. Um, Got it. Yeah, so we we didn't found found it, but uh, we are uh, partnered with them now. A few so months. In another ago, way, so this is pretty recent. So yeah, in other so, words, you did you did create it. Let's uh, since you're in, all the, you take all the history <laughs> and that's all yours. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, not not created it, but essentially what <laughs> happened is they they like when they first founded it, they they were pushing sweaters like this, and a lot of celebrities kind of picked it up. Like Madonna started repping it. Was like the first that one that got crazy. behind it. Yeah, and then so, but they're like more designers at at heart kind of thing. So, and then myself and my business partner are more marketers. So they they've been like putting out new products all the time. And then we were, me and my partner saw we're like, you know, that original product you guys released like ten years ago. Like, we think you could do more with it. So we kind of came to terms. And so everything that's these sweaters and t-shirts and stuff with this logo is what me and my partner are pushing. And they're focusing on like new designs. Very cool. So, very cool. So on, so on the, um, on the aspect of the art, like, um, like, what, how do you feel that, you know, uh, what you're saying that they're they're more on the for, uh, sorry, on the full art side, while you're more on yeah. the business side. Do you you have more, a little bit of input on what you think would work and what doesn't work, or how does that work now? Uh, so like everything that you'll see with the FFO logo on it is what they're designing we're just kind of taking older designs that they were pushing like 10 years ago. Uh, but then we make tweaks on it to make it minor, uh, like minor tweaks to make it more modern. So the first thing we released is this, we released the sweaters like this because they weren't selling it for probably two or three years. And then we're going to make a few adjustments, like different accents on it, different colors that they didn't do. Um, and there probably a couple different products that they haven't done yet, like joggers. Uh, they, they hadn't done the kind of joggers we're doing. So, so there's a few different things that we're going to be pushing in the future that they haven't done before. But for the most part, as of like new designs, it'll all be what they're doing. So you're, so you, so they kind of got off of this and, you know, you came back around and saw kind of some value in it, right? It's basically, yeah, they, it's basically they, they, they got happened. off of this specific logo. This They, yeah. they did the, the FFO stuff, um, which is more like new designs and stuff and all the old Far From Ordinary stuff that was like what uh, Madonna was wearing and Odell Beckham Jr. and these other people, uh, we decided to go back, bring that stuff back, and then find a new way to market it. There's a Miami Heat player that wears exclusive uh, for, for Oh, yeah. 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 They're good friends with them, with that guy. Yeah. Is. Yeah. 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 That's, so how D-Wade, that's, what... that's how D-Wade got it. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one of the markets that, that we're going to be focusing on is basketball players because all the NCAA uh, uh, athletes are now like free; they're not slaves anymore. So yeah, <laughs> so nil uh, deals. Like, exactly. So now now a lot of them are available to like start wearing our clothes. So I've been hitting a bunch of them up. A lot of them are down. So in the next few months, you're going to see a bunch of them. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I think it's a good way to a good way to target it because a lot of those guys haven't really been approached. Um, and, but they still have a really loyal fan base. It might not be a million people, but you know, five thousand, eight thousand people, whatever. That they're connected, and if they make it big, then we're in early. It's like it's the future. Like it's the fu- yeah. It's like the future. <laughs> it's like the future thinking. Right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, and just trying to be like Ben Affleck. So, what was it specifically? <laughs> <laughs> what was it specifically that kind of drew you back to essentially what the back catalog is here with this original design? What was it that kind of got you really interested in it? So about nine years ago, uh, I was, we were doing parties with the guys. Uh, it was called Ordinary Fridays at BOA. Um, and then, so we were doing these parties with them. And this, this one, this design was kind of what they were pushing mainly. And then I started helping them with social media. Um, they hadn't really been doing any paid Facebook or Instagram ads. They were more focused on just like organic growth. And then I came in and I started helping them with that. And I saw that the ads are performing the best were the ones with Madonna wearing this. And one of the things that I suggested to them back then was like to put more emphasis on this uh, shirt. Um, and it was the same thing that my business partner, Steven was telling them back then too. He was like, you guys just push heavy on that one design, go into each different market specifically and do what you're doing in Winnipeg, but in different cities. But that, that's pretty tough to do. Well, one, if you don't have upfront capital and if you don't have the time to go into each market and like actually like connect with the right people, but that's essentially what we're going to do is just try to do what they did in Winnipeg, but in different markets. So we'll go find like the big club promoter in that city. We'll go find the basketball players in that city and go find the DJs and start doing parties in those cities, but then just go city to city and expand. A lot of people ask a lot of questions about like that logo that you're wearing there. Like, yeah. you know, anytime I've been to Vancouver or Toronto you know, four or oh, five yeah. years ago, like, you know, my, like, I have a bunch of friends that, you know, wear the similar hoodie like that. And, yeah. and I swear everyone is always asking them questions like, Hey, where'd you get that? Or it just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just the term far from ordinary and people see that it's, it's just people ask questions. Right. So that you're completely right. in me, like I've seen that firsthand people ask questions or where'd you get that? Or where's that from? Or so it, it, it definitely has a look at it. The way I look at it from a marketing perspective is people like nowadays don't really just want to see um, just a product. They want to hear about this brand that's that's pushing it. So like one of the biggest things when you're kind of making an e-commerce store is like, how can you actually get your brand across to the person and tell your story? Uh, but what I, what I noticed, the reason why I didn't mind licensing a brand that I didn't uh, that I'm not a founder in was because Far From Ordinary talks about anybody who's Far From Ordinary and everybody likes hearing people's stories that are like different. So I realized that we don't need to tell our story. Our story can actually be the story of the people that wear it. So that's why I'm trying to partner with like different basketball players. I've got a bunch of dancers that we're working with. Uh, anybody that has a unique talent, because then we can make their story our story and it makes it a lot more easy for people to resonate with. So anytime anybody sees like somebody wearing the far from ordinary, like, oh, what is that? It's like, and you look it up and you're like, oh shit, like all these like really uniquely talented people are, are wearing it. So it doesn't, that way we don't have to be the face behind it. So it doesn't matter if I'm the founder or not at that point. Right on. How, how does the uh, how does the celebrity aspect work? Like so, uh, like owning the rights to the image. So if a celebrity has it, and they're wearing, yeah. uh, you know, from ordinary, does that mean uh, like 
you get do you get that image or does or is it just Getty that gets it or like who who owns the image I'm, of that picture where you can post it? Uh, from my, my understanding, which might not be the right understanding, uh, as long <laughs> as it's like an organic like picture, like if Getty Images take it, it would for sure be their picture. Um, right. But I don't think they would get mad if we used it. But like if they did, if we did use it and they got mad, they would probably just delete it, and I'm sure they'd be fine with it. But most of the images we get, like uh, like Madonna, for example, she wants. She, like she's totally down for everybody to use the images of her wearing it. That's why she was wearing it because she's super supportive and she's close with the with the guys. Um, but then other people just like bought it organically. Like Connor McDavid bought it, they never gave him uh, one, and he just wore it and posted a picture of it. So they just reused the picture. Um, and then there's other guys where like like DJs or like rappers, and they just put the sweater backstage, and like 80% of the time they might wear it, and they're totally cool with using the pictures because they're already using them too. So and you tag them, so they're they're they'll be they're happy to get the extra exposure. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so you mentioned the fact that Far From Ordinary kind of hits on that unique talent that some people have. My guy mm-hmm. B over here has very little to no talent at all. But you, so what's one of your unique talents that people would be surprised to hear about? For me or for B? Oh, not B. No, I don't, I don't care This guy B. just takes shots. He takes shots out of nowhere. And, and it's, uh, <laughs> I let it go, but I, I think soon I'm going to just explode. So just so you, just so you know, Bill. <laughs> I, I, I mean, myself personally, I don't know if I have like any unique talents that like other people don't have. I'm not really the best at anything. I just try to be good at a bunch of things. Um, so unique talents, not that good. I like playing basketball. I was never great. I got injured, never got much better. Uh, Muay Thai was kind of my thing for a while, but I never had a professional fight. I didn't want to get brain damage, so I just didn't bother. <laughs> like, honestly, just not worth it. Um, <laughs> and then like nowadays, I just write is, is what I like doing and building businesses some most of them fail but it's still fun <laughs> <laughs> right i like that not afraid to take a challenge so yeah no it's just I, like give it a shot if you like it then you'll be more willing to practice more willing so, to try to get better at it so yeah, nicola you i was looking uh, through your instagram here and um yeah you moved right out to the bc area so what so what happened with that yeah. what took you out there and then i guess you're back now right yeah, so as like COVID kind of started to wind down, lockdown started to wind down, I wanted change. I wanted to do something new. And I was always attached to Winnipeg because I had four for one here. And I had like with business here, I didn't really want to leave. But uh, I always wanted to open a bar somewhere else. So originally when I moved to Vancouver, the plan was to open a bar in Vancouver um, because like a new demographic, I could try something that you couldn't really pull off in Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but what happened, um, what happened when I, uh, moved out there, I started bartending at a bar cause I wanted to get to know people, got to know what would work. And I kind of re- realized that the, it's really clicky out there. Um, it's really hard to get to know the right people and like, without knowing the right people, they probably won't come support your bar. And like six, seven months in, I was just like, uh, realized that like, it's not going to work. Um, and then to be honest, at the same time, I had a girlfriend back home and then I was just like this, there, it just came to the point where there's no point of staying in that city anymore, aside from the fact that I liked the food. So I just, yeah. And then things started reopening in Winnipeg and, um, and then my business partner told me he had some opportunities for me. So I just came back. It didn't make sense anymore. What, what area were you in? I was living in Yale town. Oh, yeah. So okay. Yeah. So that's, I was like, this has been seen in a big uptick, uptake, uh, recent years that, that area, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I, I was like a block from Granville, uh, street. Yeah. 
Sino's bartending on Granville. Um, it was nice. You could walk everywhere. It's awesome. So like what I would use, you? Use... Oh, sorry. Like no, so, sorry. what would you? What would you be asking people that they would? Like, what made you realize, hey, this is clicky? Like, for example, like in Winnipeg, a lot of people say, you know, after you leave high school, you know, everyone's friends are just your high school friends, and you know, everyone's heard that Winnipeg kind of like, you know, it's hard to make friends or you know stuff. So, what did you? What did you see there or what happened that you were like, okay, like this keeps happening over and over. Uh, and yeah. this, you came to the conclusion that this is a clicky, you know so what I mean? So I, I was, I was a bartender. So I talked to a lot of people at the bar top, like every shift. So I got to, I got to know some people and I was hanging out with some people and like, I could hang out with some one-on-one and then they'd be like, Oh, I got to go. And, Cause they'd be hanging out with different friends. This, this is like an example that happened mm. in one scenario. And then it'd be like, I'm like, oh, sweet. What are you guys going to do? And then they like pause and they'd be like, yeah, like I can't bring you because uh, I don't know if they'd like you. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah, it's like, if they don't like you, they'll stop talking to me and I don't want them to stop being mm. my friends. So I don't want to risk it. Is what, oh, what my guys are. It was a buddy of mine that was from Saskatchewan and he, I guess he was there for like eight years and he's like, yeah, he's like, he doesn't want to lose prairie. anything. He doesn't want yeah, to lose he, anything from Saskatchewan. I can't risk it. So all, all my friends that were there were not people that were born and uh, raised in Vancouver. It was the people from like Edmonton, Saskatoon, Thunder Bay. Like those people all had like the same prairie mentality. They were down to make friends, like down to hang out. But then anytime you met somebody from Vancouver, like, no. <laughs> Like, and it was also like kind of two extremes. The other had people that were like, uh, take every drug hippies, like doing ketamine, going to work or, uh, like from money and like really stuck up. And I don't really fit into either one of those sides. So it was also really hard to find people that I truly connected with. Um, yeah, but honestly, just after a matter of time, I was like, damn, this is not how it is. Uh, in Winnipeg, I, I thought I could do the same thing I did in Winnipeg. Like when I started working in the in, the, in nightlife, I didn't know anybody that was working in nightlife, but it didn't make, take me long to make friends. It didn't like I went out to drink. I met people really quick. It was easy to network. There, I was going out and stuff. Like it did not work the same way. Like you hold the door open for somebody, they'd look at you, give you a dirty look. You buy a shot for somebody, they look at you like you're crazy. Like that's no, not at all like this. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, after a while, I was like, this, this is not going to work. I was just burning money, and just didn't make sense anymore. Makes sense. Moving forward here, uh, yeah. Ocean Gate. We need to. I need to talk about Ocean Gate to you. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. What? Give me. Give me your thoughts on the whole situation here. I. I need to know what. What is. What so what's is going the theory on behind here? that? What's the theory behind that, Nick? The, the theory, I from what I understand is that these guys decided to take a trip, even though the manufacturer didn't recommend taking that submarine to the depths they went to. Right. right. So, that's, so that, that's what I hear. Yeah, so basically they were getting, they were saying it's not approved and, and it's not sturdy enough to get all the way down there, right? So that's past like 10,000 feet. It's down not there. sturdy enough? Yeah. Well, no, because <laughs> it, 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 it needs to pass regulations, right? So it wasn't passing and they were ignoring it, saying, no, it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, the and, guy was saying, like, I'm tired of you guys putting your safety things in front of my innovation, like, in front of me trying to right. innovate. And and that we, we've done it in the past or something like that. We're just going to do it anyways. I, I don't know. It sounded like uh, somebody made a decision for the rest of the people in that submarine that shouldn't have made that decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I just I just think that's... Uh... So basically, there was it was just a bunch of billionaires, you know, billionaire son. There was a British Pakistani billionaire. I don't know why yeah. he was there. 
Uh, it makes zero sense yes. for him to go see the Titanic because if the Titanic actually existed, like he would be probably fucking working in the bottom of the of the boat kind of thing, you know? Like, so I I just don't understand that. But at the same time, I was asking a few people, I'm like, why would he specifically want to see that? And they were just talking about again. <laughs> back they were they were going back to what exactly what you're saying. It's all about clicks. Like he just wanted to be involved with you know. Obviously, billionaires have friends, right? They they're all together. Yeah. How that NFL has well, their you know billionaire leagues. Everyone yeah. wanted to feel together, and I think he wanted to be a part of that. And well, so that yeah. guy, the main the main British guy, the main British billionaire that people keep referring to, it sounds like he had like three world records for deep diving or something like that. Mm. Like he has some. So he's actually like it wasn't his first time going into submarine to depths, and he had three world records for it. So my guess is that guy might have been the cool guy, you know, breaking these records, and then a few of his buddies that are billionaires wanted to, you know, go along for one. That's what it sounded like to me, anyways. But it's crazy because that because those records can be bought, right? So there's nothing, <laughs> you know, that's great. Like you know, million or billionaires, I'm sure have, you know, a lot of time when a lot of their business are making this money, so. Um. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that, right? Your ego gets in the way, and you, you know, you got three of the records, and you want that fourth, and it's elusive, right? So you, yeah. you, you jump but, over but every the, every barrier. But the other crazy part it was apparently like the GPS or whatever they have in there, the black box, whatever you call it, it was so outdated. It was like some <laughs> sort of like Logitech or something that was like in there. Like it was so outdated where it just malfunctioned. And that's where they they couldn't find them anymore. So yeah, I feel like at the like the moment that they know that something's wrong, it would have had to implode so fast that like it just, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it would have mattered even if they could track them because they once they went too far down, I think they're already kind of done for. Yeah, it was, it was too 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 deep. Wonder yeah. what the combos were in there. Like it was just probably like when was the first time they realized like hey we're done? Because I don't think anyone told like there was no communication right. That would be fucking scary. Dude. I don't think so. I, I, but like, I was gonna say the moment the moment it explodes, it's faster, and the brain can react. So I feel like they wouldn't have known anything was wrong until they already died, and then they, obviously they wouldn't. Oh, well, you think died. so? They're still. You think they? If to them, it still feels like they're on the journey down and whatnot. I guess. I don't think they would have known something was wrong, and then it would have yeah. just imploded and they just died. Yeah, like any of the major checks and balances they could have done was before they actually started yeah. going down to that depth, right? And they were talking about like how they've taken other submarines out and they've gone down so many different times. But the thing with it too is like it was carbon fiber, right? So like it, you don't notice any wear and tear until it's too late. So kind of like what you're saying where the implosion happens, then it's too late. Some of the cool things that came out of that story, though, were the fact that they used like a PS3 com- control to like yeah, steer some of these submarines. Uh, what are you like, serious? Oh man, yeah, it, it, it's super, super Just weird. The dual shocks. The well, <laughs> <laughs> then they had like yeah, dual analogs. But then they yeah, had uh, shaking and nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah, it just shakes. I think something's yeah, wrong. That reminds me of me in 2008. Shot of. <laughs> <laughs> they had a one of the kids on there. Like his aunt was saying that he didn't even really want to go on. <laughs> yeah, the, on the, the trip. eighteen-year-old that just kind of got dragged along or something yeah. like that. Apparently, exactly. Mr. Yeah, Beast was supposed to be on there. On the scene one. Yeah, apparently, Mr. Beast got the invite and he he declined it. He he posted a he posted like a picture or whatever that them asking him and he declined it. Well, good for him. I'm pretty sure there was probably tons of people that got asked. 
before yeah. Mr. Beast. I'm assuming. Yeah. Did, did you guys just... see that the co- the company posted a ad hiring a submarine pilot while they were looking for the for that <laughs> submarine? Oh, they got so you much on Facebook for it. Yeah, they posted the ad like on the Saturday or whatever when they were still looking for the people. So that company's <laughs> got to be de- like defunct. Like, there's no way they crawl out from this. Who, who like, wants to over, get one of those subs now? Right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's over. No. Uh, you just do what you do at the clubs, man. You just rebrand it. Just change the name. <laughs> <laughs> rebrand it. You say that you're safer than that last company that went yeah. to fuck. Oh, no one could make that connection, right? Quick paint job, new pilot, good to go. Yeah, yeah. So I, actually, that's a good topic right there. How do you feel about clubs just changing their names, but like everything is pretty much the same? Do you think that's a... Uh, necessary evil. Does, think it's, does it's, it work? Uh, like, does it work for a bit or no? Uh, it depends who's involved in it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, sure. like the thing is, like people in Winnipeg always chase the new shiny thing, and it's not like other cities where there's a lot of new shiny things opening regularly. So, like maybe once every year or two, there's a new one, and, and uh, it's just about making those slight change. Like, there's some changes that aren't very big, like the difference between Whiskey Dicks and the Pal, for example. It's pretty much the same thing. But then when we went from like when it went from Opera to Four for One, like it was a complete aesthetic change, right? Um, so it, yeah, it, it depends. <laughs> it depends a lot. Everyone was so open side, man. That place, I, I, I miss. Uh, it was. Dope, I miss man. Boa, man. Boa was so much fun. Boa was sick. Boa was Friday like, nights, yeah. man. Those those were the nights, man. Friday was. Yeah, you know, I had some good. T- I had some good times at Boa. Boa was like my first experience of going to clubs downtown, aside from Republic. Yeah. 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 Republic. Republic was nice. Yeah. What's Probably the ultimate right? Winnipeg club? The ultimate Winnipeg club from your memories. Uh, I think I'm like opera. Yeah, uh, I'd say opera that? was good. Yeah. The thing is, like, so I I always had the most fun at Four for One because I was a partner there. But like, if I think about what I think, like what the actual best venue was, uh, it would be between Republic and Stereo. Uh, but I think Republic is a bit more legendary than Stereo. Stereo got like a little ratchet at the end and stuff. Um, but Republic was just like good from like beginning to the end. Where was Stereo? And, and why? Why does? Uh, why does like? Why does it fade? Like it, it just goes it goes into a little trend, a little trend. But like it, it kind of declines. Why? Why does that usually happen? Like why is there no like club that stays so for a long? It kind of goes from age. It goes to the age demographics. So what happens is if you're smart, when you open your, the new club, you're going to be targeting that like older demographic, like probably uh, 28 plus young professionals, like people who just became doctors, lawyers, accountants who have money. Um, and then from there, the, you don't even advertise to the younger people, but then they slowly find out about it on their own. And as the younger people come in, oh. the, the older people don't want to go there anymore. And that older, That's a classic like, Winnipeg crowd, thing. That's a classic yeah, Winnipeg thing. Oh, yeah, man, I, I was going there three months ago, bro. And now honestly, I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's only been open for five months, man. Like, and you, you have no many, no idea how many 20 year olds walked into four for one and said, I can't come here anymore. I'm too old for this place. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like man shut up you look the same as yeah just play some old ass music man no more uh, that's, LA that's one of the keys like if you can if you can pull it off but like it's that what happens is the next new shiny place opens up and they go there because they want to be cool like or earl's maid puts on a happy hour that nobody can turn down and, and <laughs> they go there instead yeah, <laughs> b weren't you there yesterday was there yesterday man no I mean, it's not the same as it was like seven years ago, but <laughs> no, no, no $3, no $3 lager or $3 highball or no, it's like $5.75. Yeah, $5.75. Yeah. 
So speaking of that, you stopped drinking, eh? I did. I haven't had a sip in, in nine months in one day. So what's wow. the so what's the story behind that? Because obviously, you're you know a lot of stuff like you said, like you know in your businesses, it, it involves that, right? It involves talking to people, social night out. Hundred percent. So, so yeah. why why did you end up doing that? I think it came to a point where I realized I kept trying to like improve my life and improve myself, um, and then it felt like why would I hurt myself? like with alcohol and stunt my progress. Um, if I keep putting in all this work, like I'd be coming home, I'd work whatever till five, I'd come home, I'd take a course online and do some reading and whatever, practice, whatever. And then and go to the gym and then I drink and I feel like I take like two days, like it ruins like next two days. So it was, it was kind of like a self improvement thing, to be honest. Um, and like, I guess a bit of health too. Like it is, it's a little, just a little bit of everything. Drinking is just bad for you. <laughs> it's very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the other day. It's just. It's, Bell's about to pass out right now. Yeah, and eventually <laughs> the fun, just the fun that you get from it, or for me anyways, the fun just stopped being worth it. And it, to be honest, it's not going to be forever. Like I'm going to start drinking again eventually. Originally, it was going to be like three months, and then I just keep pushing it back. If I can't. Sometimes you just got to show reason. yourself. You just got to show yourself that you can, like you know. Put out, put out a time period there and get there, right? Because not easy, man, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm three times past my time limit already, and I just can't find a good reason to start. But like, I, I'm not like if I have a night where I'm out and I'm like, tonight's the night. Like, I, I won't feel any shame in, in taking a drink, but I, I, I just can't find a reason at this point. <laughs> So I, I, to be honest, my, my business isn't involved. Like before, like when I was at working at like a partner at Four for One, if somebody bought me a shot like I would be getting paid to take that shot because they bought it off that bartender. I'm getting part of those profits. So each shot they buy me, it's in my, not only do, can I get a little drunk, I could get a little bit of money. Yeah. And that becomes a really easy way to justify having a drink. Once I'm not a partner in any uh, venue like that, and I'm not really promoting at all anymore, there's just no financial benefit either. Yeah. So it just didn't really make any sense. Only negative, anymore. only negative. Uh, yeah. All it did is make me grumpy, emotional, and like I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so have you do you have an alternative like do you have a, like a non-alcoholic beer or a hot cup bro of he does he doesn't drink man what what don't you understand I, I, man? I, I drink, he's not like you where you need an alternative to find something that's similar to alcohol bro he just doesn't drink get in I, your I, I, you know, you know drink, neither I'll of those things are similar to alcohol right get in your hand i'll, I'll drink that kombucha when i'm out kombucha tea i just find an alternative drink it doesn't have to get me fucked up but i i don't go out like i yeah. used to either like i won't be at a bar till 12 like i i typically go to bed before 12 every night and uh, i just pretty much read and maybe watch the shitty tv show on netflix before bed <laughs> you're 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 a big basketball <laughs> guy how do you feel that we have uh somewhat basketball in the city uh so i don't i don't want to say i'm a big basketball guy like i don't watch nba and i i used to play uh you know the game though right you you know the yeah yeah yeah. that's fair i'm pumped that the sea bears are are here let's let's put it out (laughs) i i think this is great because i I just i actually just made a tweet about this like a minute ago like an hour ago um I just remember playing basketball in high school and like my buddy and I would want to practice and there's just like no open gyms in the city we could go to. We drive to like one YMCA to the next one to a university gym and just nobody would have an open court. And I was just doing a photo shoot with the Sea Bears like uh, earlier this afternoon and I was at the Sports for Life Center and they were like, yeah, these three courts are open like all the time. There's a new one in Dakota, there's a new one here. And I think like the Sea Bears coming is going to make it uh, maybe a potential for like more basketball in the city, which is great. Cause when I was growing up, like my high school was all about volleyball 
um, the city in general is more like cocky. So to have some sort of yeah. like alternatives for kids growing up, especially ones that aren't like white and growing up in River Heights, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good though, yeah. Like, you um, so, um, what what do you think about the Seabirds? Are like, well, how are they? I I'm, I haven't even seen a game yet, but I need to go. They're check out they're good for the league. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, thought I thought originally I was not sure how they'd be. I thought maybe like they'd be like watching kind of like a university team, but like. I don't know if it's, I can't really, I've never actually seen an NBA game. So I don't know if it's like uh, their talent level that's good or is just the uh, overall environment. Cause like when you're sitting there, the, the court looks like an NBA court and like they have, everybody's cheering and the music's loud and shit. And like, they're better than I am and they're dunking and shit. So as far as I'm concerned, it's like, it's, it's pretty entertaining. It's, it's, it's that's honestly, it's perfect. Like it, they honestly use some of the formula the Blue Bombers use. Like the Blue Bombers, yeah. you, you can get in with a decently priced ticket there's yeah. a decent attraction like the Rum Hut where people are going to be. And then yeah. you got everyone else there just to enjoy because of price. That's why with the with the Jets, it sometimes sucks because you want to go take your friend or your girlfriend or whoever. Like you're spending 350 easily like on, you know, when you go out. And the Sea Bears, yeah. you can get, I'm pretty sure you can get in there for like 20, 30 bucks and have a night yeah. out for 70, 80 bucks, right? Like. Yeah, twenty five bucks I think is for the upper bowl, and the upper bowl is like the two hundred. It's not even bad. You can see it. The Jets yeah. game, you spend a t- like one hundred fifty bucks on a ticket. You go buy a heroin beer for fifteen bucks. Feel like feel like shit, and uh, and then that's pretty much it. Like three hundred bucks later, you you end up you end up leaving after the second period because they're losing and you go to shark club. Yeah, yeah. Go to shark club, lose five hundred bucks on blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> game. I went. I went with my girl. We got the courtside tickets, front row. There was a hundred bucks each. I got some popcorn and like a Coke Zero. We need to get some courtside uh, tickets for these games, man. Yo, it's it. actually like a good vibe because they're right there. Like you literally shooting the ball like five feet in front of you. It's sick. Catch the ball and just, just hit a three yourself. What is yeah, um? Uh, you say you're into writing. What what's what what are you uh, writing? Is it just day to day journal or are you writing like? Oh no! So I have my I have my blog online. Um, okay. Mainly in my blog, I'll write about about like uh, mindfulness stuff, so a lot of meditation stuff, self improvement stuff. Uh, I've been writing about AI a lot lately too, um, but then I have a couple blogs that I write on anonymously um, that I'm running myself. So I have like a relationship blog. I had like a motivational blog. Um, and then a couple others that I was just kind of writing for. So essentially I was just trying to improve my writing skills. So I started a bunch of different topics to force myself to write about it and learn about it and then put it out there and just see what hit. So now I'm down to my personal blog and the relationship blog I still run too. So you have an anonymous relationship blog. How anonymous yeah. is that? Does your girl know about some of the stories? Oh, she knows. About okay. She, she knows. <laughs> she can read it. She, but like, it's like, uh, I don't advertise it in Canada. It's only like in the States targeting like 35 to 55, like, uh, moms and uh and then i just like do some research and find out the best ways for them to use tinder and long distance <laughs> dating and you know whatever subjects are, t- are trending <laughs> single moms <laughs> uh most of it's single moms like a lot of them that like uh might be newly div- like the like the ideal demographic that i'm hitting is like newly divorced 40 year old women that are trying to get back in the dating scene and I, I write about like long distance dating, um, like uh, how to work on themselves, how to love themselves again, um, 
a bunch of stuff like that. And like, I don't really know about those topics, but the nice part is that it forces me to research it so I can write about it. And then it's nice too, because then I'm in a relationship. So I can kind of take those teachings and like, like I actually learned something like this. We should try to, you know, have that weekly meeting where you like, like a business meeting, you meet with your business partners and you go over what, what what's good and what's bad. You can do the same thing in your relationship. For example, I, I never did that until I started writing the blog. And I could, and that, so that kind of stuff is like, yeah. It's a good way to learn, honestly. Just yeah. write about very cool. Very cool. Looks yeah. like we found our love doctor, guys. Anytime we got a relationship episode coming up, I've had ten filled relationships, but this one's <laughs> yeah, I, I got something. How do you feel about uh, psychedelics? I love them. Well, as, as, do you, as, do you I'm encourage people to do it at least? Um, I wouldn't say I encourage people to do it. Um, if they're at the right stage in their life, I'd probably recommend it. But the thing is, like, there's a lot of people that shouldn't do it, and there's a lot of people that uh, have to be careful when they do it because if they're around the wrong people or doing it the wrong way, it might kind of fuck them up. Right, right. Um, I, I, like, I've never done acid, but I do mushrooms from time to time. So how do you know if you're at the right stage in your life for it? Like, the thing is, the way I look at mushrooms is it's going to expose to you what your deepest fears are, uh, insecurities, um, and it's going to make you do a deep dive on yourself, essentially like a forced one. So if you haven't really like taken the time to like try to do that when you're sober, then when you do it, when you're mushrooms, you're probably going to have a bad trip and it's going to launch you down the wrong end. And you're just going to like hate life after, or like, like I had a one bad trip and it like fucked me up for months. It ended one of my relationships, to be honest. Oh, was she, okay. the, one, was she the one that gave you the mushrooms? No, like we had done oh. it a few times before and it was great. But then just that one trip, like, I don't want to get into too much detail, but like essentially like we just had like a conversation that just like was weird. And then when I was, when I sobered up, it kind of like changed how I looked at the relationship, Mm. Um, which is funny because I read Richard Branson's biography and he was married to a girl for two years and then he did acid with her and he saw her as a monster. And after that he had to divorce her because of that acid trip. And I don't want, I I didn't see her as like a monster or anything like that, but it just was clearly, it showed me that like the relationship was not going to work. Yeah, um, I wonder if it shows yeah. you things. I wonder if it like kind of as a precursor to things coming or like, but it just I think it just makes it happen is. quicker. You know what I mean? Who knows, right? Like we don't know that. I think it just reveals a lot that you have inside you that you just didn't know. Because the way I look at it is that it makes you feel everything more of everything. So if you're anxious, you're going to be more anxious. If you're happy, you're going to be more happy, and you're going to see. Then you're going to hear more. You're going to see more. And if you don't know how to like focus on the, what you want to focus on, you'll just get like overwhelmed and get like an anxiety attack, which is why like I'll tell people to like make sure you're in a good environment. Like what's a drink that you like in case you're having a bad trip, you can take a sip of that drink. Like what's a song that calms you down? Which couch do you prefer? So you can go to that couch if you're having a bad trip because you know that moment you sink in there, you're going to be like, oh, this is, this is the right spot. Like there's like a bunch of those little things that I feel like if you, if you do it, then you're, you're going to have a good trip and it'll reveal a lot to you. So is that so, the same for any type of like a uh, micro do- dosing? Like I know that's become a little bit more uh, popular now, especially like in terms of mushrooms. So it, I've never tried, I've only tried to microdose mushrooms a couple, a few times. And all I've really seen from it is that it kind of like makes your vision clear, makes you more focused and definitely makes you like just a little bit happier and almost just like makes you have a good day. <laughs> it's like a guaranteed good day but like you don't feel high I mean, you're completely like normal but then everything's just like bright and colorful it's like you know i wouldn't even say it's high it's just like that'd be a good brand for is... mushrooms like if they're very illegal guaranteed a good, good day. day 
<laughs> honestly that's what it, that's what it's like though it's like it's it not doesn't feel any different than like if you just like had a good sleep ate good food like healthy food and you just like had a good day the whole time like that's what it feels like okay. why don't you yeah, just write a book already man <laughs> i don't think you know what i would write about i've had a couple people tell me to write it could literally be like uh it could literally be like a choose your own adventure uh biography it just you know? that's, that's funny because that's that's kind of like how I look at life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's that's why I said it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you you pick your path. You think this is right? Because from what I see, when I see you tweet, it's more of like you're really you're really looking at uh, your mind. Your mind is more important than anything else. Uh, like a lot of people always it's... look at uh, as their body as the temple. That's that's more important. But for you, you're you're more focused on the mind. So I think. That's where I was going at with that. What, what, what do you think I about th- that? I think it more. I think everything starts with your mind, uh, but then if you do a deeper dive, then it's what's behind your mind, which is yourself. Um, so I look at it as your body, then your mind, and then behind the mind is yourself. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, uh, I do think the mind is the first thing you should work on because once you focus on your mind, then you're going to naturally start focusing on your body too, because like if you want to improve yourself, you're going to improve every realm. And if your mind is in good shape, you're going to just kind of be going all the time. And it's going to start with your, go to your body. But as I say, the way that I kind of look more at life is like, uh, let's say you're in an open field and the, where you want to go is like a mountain that's in the distance. It's by far the tallest mountain, like that mountain's Everest. So it doesn't matter where you are in that field or the forest, you're still going to see it in the distance and you just want to make your way there. But there's like a hundred different paths to get to that destination. You just gotta gotta pick whether you want to go through the field, whether you want to go across the river, whether you want to go through the forest. Um, but either way, it's again, it's you still just gotta see the destination. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, 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 it, it totally does. But um, how does one even start with her? Like, 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 are you referring that meditation? How does one even start taking those steps to that uh, mind healing? Right. That's, I think that's so, very important first. I, I would say it starts with meditation, like mainly self-awareness. I always tell people focus on being as aware about yourself as possible because if you're aware of yourself, you're going to know where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, what you need to work on, whether that's your body. You're going to, you're going to, if you really are aware, you're going to know what you're insecure about. You're going to know who you have a bad relationship with. You're going to know like all of that stuff and it's going to become really obvious really quick what you should work on and what you want to work on and what your passion, like everything's going to become obvious. So that to me, that all starts with meditation. Like there's so few people that can actually close their eyes for five minutes, be alone with themselves and not just like lose their shit. Mm-hmm. And, and, Cause that's scary for a lot of people. Like yeah. think about how much dopamine we're fed every day. Like even right now, looking at my computer screen, I see 20 tabs open aside from this one and the screen's shining. Like, like, and then I, I don't think about anything that's in my head, but when you close your eyes and all you see is black, which is kind of what mushrooms are doing to you. <clears> it forces them to do that, but like for like hours. And uh, so if you can't do that, you're not going to know what else to do from there. Like you might know, like I should go work out, but then if you're not aware, you might not be aware that like, this is what you should work out on, or this what actually makes you feel good. Is this hurting my body or, and and it's the same way with your mind too. Like if you don't, if you, if you don't know like yourself, you're not going to know that maybe you like reading this or you should better off learning by watching a video or you shouldn't talk to this person because like every time you talk to them you actually get really frustrated and you're just kind of forcing that hangout like the more aware you are you just like learn to say no to these people that you don't want to be around you learn to say yes to these people you want to be around and you learn to eat this food because you just really like it and it makes you feel good and i I think a lot as well as a lot of people don't i probably don't even ask themselves do you even love yourself 
Like, do you actually love yourself? Right. And I think a lot of people don't ask that. They, they try to figure out who loves them rather than, Hey man, I love myself. And I think think that's very important. I think that question also sometimes leads people down the wrong path because there's this whole like self-love narrative right now that you should love yourself no matter what you should be happy with who you are at this moment because that's who you are. But like, you can change yourself and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's okay to accept that you made a wrong decision. It's okay to accept that you ate too many fucking pies. It's okay to like (laughs) accept that like you slacked off in high school and you're not as smart as you could be because once you like accept that, then you can make the decision to change and you could picture yourself in your head. Like this is who I want to be. And that's like, I would love myself if I was that person. So let's, like let's make my let's make the take the steps that it takes to get to that place to that person i love and then you like you'll naturally start doing those things and you'll love yourself for doing it but the first step is like actually being aware that like you're not happy with who you are and you want to make that change so like a lot of people are like pushing that whole self-love thing of like love yourself with who you are it's okay just accept it it's like you don't have to accept it you can make a change once you start that kind of stops you dead in your tracks too eh? kind of a hundred percent and like become unmotivated and they like oh like and then you start telling yourself you're doing the right things and it's okay to do the wrong things we all fuck up right, like, exactly. we, we all make mistakes we're all kids like your brain's not even developed until you're 25 like let, let, let yourself go through those mistakes and then go over your mistakes and decide what you want to do next yeah a lot a lot of people don't do that to them it's like i'm, I'm okay with what i got rather than yeah. saying hey i still love myself but i do need to improve on this and you know, like it's one of those self things that I do need to admit that I do need to work on things. And and, and I think time, especially like, you know, like uh, immigrants to them, it's like, well, you have a time frame. Uh, you need to get a job by this. You need to, you know, get married by this. You need to do this and have kids by mm-hmm. this age. And I think to them that those types of pressures gets implemented in their brain. And then when it doesn't happen, they feel like they're failures because they're trying to live a life of somebody else. And I think a lot of people, somebody else's expectations, they're living this, someone else's expectations. And I think the big issue is, you know, they, a lot of people need to sit down and realize what do I want to do in life? Do I really want to work like this for how many years I want to, you know, as you can see, everyone has multiple different jobs nowadays. No one's staying in the same job for, you know, 40 years and, and that's it. Right. It's just look at how fast everything around us is changing. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us will be doing the same thing that we're doing now in even 10 years. And it's, yeah. and it's just simply because of like how fast things are changing and we have to adapt with it. And I think that kind of just, it doesn't, is I don't think that's a new thing. I think it's just exposing something that was happening before, but it makes it more obvious because of like how readily available all the information is. Like we, we, like we know so much now that like as fast as things change, it's just obvious now that we have to change. We, we didn't know that before because we thought that we had to stick to this thing the whole time and then we'd ended up living miserable in a relationship because we thought we should be married to the same person. We ended up working the same job because we thought we were supposed to go to school and stay at that same job. But now everything's right in front of us so we can see that that's not true. It's crazy because COVID, it was like that little switch that like kind of forced a lot of things too. It's, it's wild how that worked. Like, you know, even survival like, tactics. Yeah, you even yeah, like even even for you know, say say you work at a corporate job or something like, you know, never was anything on video. It was always just you know, February twenty twenty. You would pick up the phone and and actually talk to someone on speak with ten people. You never went on video. 
like thinking about back now, that was that was the dumbest thing ever. How we had face we got FaceTime <laughs> for 12, 13 years. Everyone always mm. used to think Skype was a joke, but Skype was doing what we do today on WebEx and Teams and stuff like that um, 15 yeah. years ago, right? Like, it's crazy. You know, even just Zoom just skyrocketed during during COVID. Yeah. Right? Every, all the remote workers had to jump on Zoom, and Zoom hasn't even updated in four years, and they're just killing it. But uh, but that, that just kind of shows, like, it also kind of exposes how much we want to, need to be connected to people, right? It's all these... Like even just seeing somebody's face, like I, I had some friends that were locked in their condo, didn't see one person for four months, and like they just crave, like they just Facetime people all day because they just need to see see people. So, yeah, I yeah. loved it. I loved the fact that I didn't have to see anybody. Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was great. Well, I you love know, the fact know, I didn't have to see your face. That was one of the benefits. Yeah, but I won't lie. Were you guys not doing video podcasts back then? Well, no, audio we only. Only just put it on audio only. Block. Well, were we doing audio? Just a piece of tape <laughs> we were doing some video. Where you are. No, we didn't. Just giving you a hard time. That's one of the things that when you're talking about technology, and we had this conversation on the weekend, we're talking about technology and we're just trying to weigh the pros and the cons because the way things have progressed so far, and you mentioned it earlier, Nikolai, when we're talking about uh, AI, right? Yeah. Everything's moving so quickly. And now if you look at some kids growing up, we've had this on a past episode, the technology that they have in their hands, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Can we even weigh that in right now? You get on social media involved on it and the growth and how that's determining how people react and how they're developing, I guess, that sense of happiness. You guys kind of touched on it when you were talking about like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and where that love comes from. But I guess the real question comes down to the fact that we can adapt and we can change. But what's the evaluation that we have to do to decide if it's going in the right direction and how quickly we should adapt and what should we bring back from or bring with us from the past that's actually beneficial? I'll just start by saying that I think it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I think more access to knowledge is always a good thing. Um, any question that we have in the universe is the only reason why we can't solve it is if a law of physics says you can't. Aside from that, it's only knowledge that's preventing us from getting there. And uh, technology has always brought us more uh, from now, from any time in the past, each human is wealthier on average, there's less poverty on average. And that's all because of technological advance and that's all because of knowledge. So if AI helps us get more knowledge per person, more education per person, it's already shown that when you, when you add internet, for example, to countries in Africa, they're able to have more access to education and poverty goes down. So on, so I think any wider access to knowledge is a good thing and AI provides that and it actually democratizes knowledge and allows everybody to be more in a level playing field. Well, so, also it, like even in these areas, like, like you said, Africa or, or, or any, you know, mm -hmm. nation that may not have or is restricted to the internet or whatever, like there, man, there could be hundreds and thousands of, of people there that, you know, are, is the next person to, to do something big, but they don't even get a chance without the internet. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it, if you get now put an AI and system into all their pockets, they're going to have like so much more knowledge. That's just, just going to, I, I can't see how it wouldn't help them. Um, but a lot of people are scared of it. But again, it goes with change. Like there's no avoiding it, in my opinion. It's, it's going to, it's going to happen. And whether it's by us, as in like us, like North America or other people that are making it, it's, it's going to happen. And, uh, I, I think it's a good thing because it just means more knowledge for everybody and more knowledge always equals more good. And for, it forces growth too. Like I'm looking at your uh, blog here, like 
nine months without alcohol, 20 easy tips, right? Like I could yeah. go on chat GPT and ask 20 tips and, and it's going to give it to me. But the, but the thing is you've actually taken the action to do it. So you're mm. right up here is means a lot more. So there's still going to be differentiation of, of just using AI versus it coming from people. I think like there definitely will be things overtaken. I think a lot of things will change, but there's still big difference. In, like if chat GPT gives me a big, like an art piece or whatever, like I know that's happening or, the songs or whatever no one's listening to those songs or really looking at the art like because there's no real human value in there right i, well, I think if anything that. sorry sorry go on yeah no you say that that no one's looking at it or no one's doing that but the difference though b is like you know that that blog belongs to so and so you can look that up you can make that connection you might search for something else and find 10 different blogs how do you know which one is ai generated and which ones hasn't yeah, been yeah very true yeah or like the, art as an yeah. art form to begin with right like the cool thing is it's super amazing that you could go on someone who's got no musical talent could go on there i'm talking about myself here could go on well and b2 because we know he has no talents but you could go <laughs> on there you could learn how to play the guitar you could go and do that that is accessible to so many so many so many kids so many high school kids right now basically anyone could go and do that but you don't hear too many people being like, oh, well, I took the time to go on there and do that. Like, is there is there a point where you get like an overabundance that starts to stifle some of that creativity where otherwise you might have heard someone playing in a club and get super interested in that and go seek that out, right? I think the problem is with so much information is that we also, and access to things, we also have to take the time to, and I guess that's where I'm saying the change hasn't really happened yet, is to teach how to use these tools in the right way. Right now, there's a lot of like pioneers leading the way in using these yeah. tools, but I don't know if it's as widespread to actually get all the benefit as we could from some of this stuff. So I think human authenticity will always end up shining through because if everybody is using a lot of the same tools, it's going to sound similar. Uh, but but like B said before, like if somebody's actually doing what they're what they're uh, what they're preaching or what they're writing about, it, it'll come through. And maybe it might not come, like, let's say you read my blog, you might not know if I did it or not, but if I now add an, a video layer showing how I did it and stuff, the, I think it'll force people to be more authentic to prove themselves, which is why I think a lot of content creators, like there's so many content creators that are just going to like disappear, in my opinion, because is, there's going to, authenticity is going to have to come out. Like you won't be able to fake taking a picture in a private jet anymore, for example, like that kind of stuff is, is going to disappear. Yeah, that was um, fun. I saw like yeah. videos of that, like whatever that little thing was in the private jet. I was like, this. Yeah, but I, I think stuff like that's going to disappear really quick, and I think it will get flooded um, with a lot of AI content. And and but I think if anything, that will end up making the human content better, not worse. And yeah. I think it'll just get rid of the mediocre human content. Is what is going to happen. We might also have to force like like copy like just copyright like copyright today is just you know, the C with the, in the corner and, you know, it's yours. Mm. Like there might have to be something that, that kind of proves it's from someone or not, or like, cause uh, I don't know. I, I just, it's just like Twitter or Instagram. Like when you have that check, right? Like now obviously you could buy it, but before when you had that check, it proves that this person is legit in a way. Right. So we might have mm. to move to something like that online or if a human's doing it or AI or cause there ha almost has to be a way to differentiate, but then you're asking a lot too, though, right? That's the only thing. I think it'll almost be like my prediction would be more that it would end up being considered of AI art 
So to be able to make a song with AI is not going to be easy. You've got to be able to describe it with your words. So I think writing is actually going to be a more important tool than ever, because if you can be creative with your words to create a song or to type out like how a, how like a melody should happen in an instrument, that's going to be where like the talent's going to come out. And it's just going to empower people that may not be able to play guitar to now write how to play guitar. So I think it's just going to end up being like a different kind of art form, but then the real human authentic ones will still end up being there. Yeah, and then we'll if keep... AI, sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 you finish up. I was going to say, so I, I think it's just going to be like a, a differentiation between the AI art, the AI art form and the human authentic art form. Yeah. Okay. So you I got my last question you. here. Oh, you want the last one? Okay, I got fine. one. I got one fine. last one I want to sneak in because we're talking be, about. It better be good. If it's terrible, I'm going to cut you off. And I'm going to pull the plug here. Listen, it's going to help but... this whole podcast because if we're talking <laughs> about you know uh, AI coming for content creators, which mm. we're what we're striving to be, right? B here with no talent could easily be replaced by an AI generated avatar. Not a chance. These, these these questions and these phrases pretty and, much and how it's there. being we're depicted, we're... no way I can, I can come to me, man. I'll tell you. We that. might have to do a vote. No, we might have to do a vote. So is there any <laughs> he'll he'll be heartbroken, man. Is there any suggestions on what you expect or what you'd like to see content creators, especially in a podcast form, start to do differently or something that stands out to you just personally from your own set of taste? I, I think it just comes down to authenticity as much as possible. Like personalities are going to matter more than ever because Maybe you heard that like personalities going to matter more than ever. And you'll have to be different from the very famous people because like for ChatGPT, I could type out, write me a blog about this, but write in the same style as Mark Manson and it'll write in the same style as him. So you're, you're almost have to have like such a unique style that it's a lot harder for it to be copied. Um, Yes. Again, authenticity. You have to like truly be yourself. That's why I think it's a good thing because there's so many fake ass people that are all acting the same and it just works because, you know, you find them and, and uh, yeah, that's why it is going to shake up the creator economy for sure. Um, It's going to give way for jobs for prompt engineers. Like the job's going to be like, can you, do you know how to prompt AI? And then it's going to make the people that are like creating content have to be truly themselves and authentic and people are going to have to actually like who that person is. Well said. Well said. Well, we got our advice, folks. So there you go. Nicola, thank you again uh, for jumping on the pod here. Um, I would, everyone who subscribes to our podcast, follow him on Twitter. Uh, now with Nick, um, his tweets are very good and, and the links that he posts are very uh, inspirational. Again, Nicola, thank you. Is there any last words before we uh, shut this down? Just really uh, appreciate that- you hopping on. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. That was fun. I actually specifically didn't watch anything from your podcast, so I would, but wouldn't be able to come in prepared. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm. It was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.